Welcome into Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now here are your hosts, Jeff and Nicole Essig. Welcome back to Fitness Fanatics. No, you're not. Uh, you didn't change the channel. It's Nicole doing the intro. We have a full house today. So we had the, the boys kind of step out. So it's just the ladies and Harrison in studio right now. But definitely want to get back into talking about Project 4-7 with Amy. We have a couple guests, um, Paula and Haley. Um, so we, if you want to kind of talk, Amy, about how you guys kind of have been connected and we'll kind of go from there. We did. Um, in April tw- uh, 2010 um, is when our family lost my brother, Adam. And uh, since then, we've been on a journey um, to bring more hope and help to mental health and awareness. And on that journey, we have met uh, Paula Von Bush and Haley Gillette. Haley is now also on the Project 4-7 board with us. And um, just want to let them share a little bit about their journey Mm -hmm. and um, what happened in their life in April of 2020. Yeah, we lost my brother to suicide in April of 2020. Um, And it was really hard for our family. And we, well, I knew Amy through her sister and we kind of got connected and she really was um, my saving grace. Um, she really helped me through a lot. And then we've kind of just been partnering up and, you know, trying to team up to get the word of mental health. And as Brian said earlier, like just end the stigma. Absolutely. Haley introduced me to Amy and, uh, my mom reminded me something. I mean, the, the weeks, the days, the months, whatever, after, that sort of loss you're all foggy but my mom reminded me you said you weren't gonna let Michael's memory die and you wanted to do things to help even one person and that's that's the thing you will never know if you did help one person or not but we don't care we're, we're going forward we're uh do we do the cornhole kick cornhole kick depression and the cornhole <laughs> say that right but um this is our second year for that um we started out with just doing a walk and it was mostly family a few friends we raised a little bit of money for mental health and uh then my son-in-law said hey let's let's do this if we're gonna do it let's do it so last year we raised fifteen hundred dollars on a rainy day just literally throwing it together quickly uh this year we raised close to seven thousand wow um, our goal was three, so thank you, everybody, my husband, everybody involved. Uh, we just, like, we're so proud of it. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how we got connected with Amy, and she's amazing. Yeah, it was, the Cornhole Tournament was an amazing day. Um, they have a beautiful acreage just right outside of Lincoln and just had all these uh, cornhole boards set up, and I think... Did you say 31 teams? 32 teams. 32 teams. Wow. Yeah, 14 last year. So, yeah, and then a silent auction and raffle items, and people were just there, you know, all for. I've noticed um, it's just, it's really good to gather. Um, Mm -hmm. Gather in honor of Michael, gather in honor of Adam. Um, There's countless other families that are coming out and coming together. And uh, one of the things about the run is there's a lot of survivors. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I've learned about survivors is it's really important to connect with other 
survivors. Mm-hmm. And to, again, create those relationships, um, cr- survivors have their own grief to to deal with and it doesn't just go away um they're at risk for suicide themselves mm-hmm. over the grief of a suicide mm-hmm. um this, those statistics are, are really glaring as well so if we can all come together and support each other um mm-hmm. that's really important um yeah to kind of go along with that and you know why we have both of you all of you in here um for our listeners who maybe haven't quite been affected by suicide as much I know a lot of times when you lose someone unexpectedly, we have had a couple friends that have lost lost children unexpectedly. And I know that's a running theme that you just don't want their memory to be forgotten. You want to keep their memory alive. What are some, what are some, what's some advice you could give to people who don't know what to say, but they want to give support? Like what are some of the things in the years um, as, as you're healing and kind of from that, what are some of the things that have meant a lot to you guys just to kind of help our listeners? Hopefully that's an okay kind of thing to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In my opinion, it's not uh, being afraid. I mean, we, we live it every day. We know they're gone. I mean, you bringing it up isn't going to remind us. It's mm-hmm. not gonna, I want to talk about Michael loud and proud. And um, that to me, don't be afraid to talk to us. I mean, about we've been through, you know, one of the worst things you can be through. And uh, so don't don't tell me I'm strong. It wasn't by choice. I didn't want to be strong. I mean, being strong is working two or three jobs to support your kids, not burying your child. I mean, mm-hmm. so to me, just talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk to about it. Um, I I will share whatever you need me to share. Um, I I know Haley, my daughter. She is a teacher for special needs down in Beatrice, and she's actually going for her second masters in mental health and uh she reminds me a lot of things (laughs) that i need to be reminded of and uh basically just hey mom everybody has a story you know and uh um sometimes i'm quick to judge and sometimes i'm quick to take uh things for granted and you wouldn't think when you've been through this you would but you do you still do we're still human and uh but yeah just be kind you don't know anybody's story uh and be willing just listen just listen yeah, just give people grace and especially the people that have lost people to suicide. And, you know, also another kind of new thing that's arising and especially in, like my mom said, I'm going through um, actually school counseling, but we talk about um, ending the stigma of saying committed um, suicide mm-hmm. rather than maybe died by because when you say committed, it acts like they um, did something wrong. Um, when they were, um, you know, just having their own internal struggle that they couldn't Mm -hmm. get over. That's a really good kind of message to get out there too. And I, I think that another thing that I know of just from having friends that have lost, um, children or brothers and sisters, um, I feel like committed also it, it's such a, like, I don't think it was a commitment. It was a, you know what I mean? So a lot of times it's just a rash decision. It's a split decision that has a forever consequence. So I do think that that's an important thing to talk about and to think about and to change because, um, you know, there's not very many things. We can make lots of bad decisions in our lives that, you know, that have consequences, but we can get over that and overcome that. And so I think that it's an important kind of way to think about it too so thank you for kind of shedding light on that because that's a good kind of a good 
thing to keep in mind. So what about you, Amy? What are some um, of yours? I would agree with both what um, Paula and Haley shared. I will say um, what makes our hearts smile, especially Adam's been gone uh, from here for 13 years. And so is when someone says, oh, this person knew your brother and mm -hmm. to share a story. Um, that you've either, never heard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or if we'll find a picture uh, that somebody had that I'd never seen before because there are no more photos. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say post loss, and this just, this goes for any loss is instead of asking, what do you need or what can I do? Honestly, just do something for them. Um, pick up a case of water and drop it off. Pick up other drinks, pick up napkins, paper plates, paper towels. Um, plastic silverware, um, a gift card to any restaurant in town. Um, they don't know what they need and they're not able to express it. So whatever you do, as long as you do something for the family, it's not wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Right. Just and I think present. just thinking about if you, it's not that hard to imagine how you feel in that grief in that moment. I think what's harder is imagining moving forward. But in that moment, if if you just think, what would I appreciate in that moment? I don't think that's going to go unappreciated by Absolutely. any family. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's another maybe good way to yeah. do it. But um, did you guys want to talk about Michael a little bit? Talk about his story? Talk about, you know, kind of the memories that you guys have of Michael? Um, well, he was one of a kind and, um, unfortunately he did struggle with mental health for quite a long time. And like they had said earlier, probably just in the last 10 years is when mental health has been brought up a lot more. And, you know, back then it was kind of pull your bootstraps up, um, figure it out. And now I, I'm really glad that we are addressing you know, the need and how important mental health is. Um, but yeah, Michael was very kind. He loved to help people. Um, he just was a great person and he wasn't selfish. He was going through his own struggles. Um, but yes, I just think that a lot of times like people that die by suicide get associated with being selfish. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, Michael, I remember uh, him telling me he had $20 to his name and he was downtown and there was a homeless man. Mom, I gave him my last $20. <laughs> I'm like, Michael, that's so sweet, buddy. But come on. What, what, we don't know what he's going to do with that $20. Because I don't care, Mom. He needed it more than me. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. And I mean, he'll always be a kid to me, but uh, mm -hmm. just a great guy. And uh I mean, of course, I'm going to say that he's my son, but <laughs> I think a lot of people would vouch for that. Um, the Literally the week before he left, we had a really deep conversation up in our kitchen. And he's like, Mom, you don't have to worry about me anymore. I don't want to die. And those words were like, oh, I can breathe again. I can breathe again. And uh, the day before he left, uh, he was up. We hadn't been in our house for very long so he's helping me move furniture around we're laughing and just had the best day ever and finally he's like mom uh am I excused <laughs> you want to go hang out with friends and I said yeah buddy I appreciate your help we'll finish up tomorrow well that didn't happen but um it you know I mean it's I don't know it's just one of those undescribable things and that's why we are taking everything that with Amy and Project 4-7 um, so seriously because, I mean, 
there's so many people, you know, like one of my mom's concerns, nobody was there to help Michael. And I'm like, mom, it's not like you can just take a mental, we had him to doctors, we eat all of it. And, uh, and we just, he couldn't find his fit. And I said, we just got to keep trying. You just got to keep trying, whatever. And, uh, but mom, mom was so frustrated with that. She goes, well, then why do you want to help people? I said, because do you feel the frustration that you felt that nobody was there for Michael? I don't want anybody else to feel that frustration. So that's why we're doing it. And I'm just so thankful that we did connect with Amy because we do know where the money's going and we know it's a good place. And, you know, I was mentioned earlier, I think your husband said something that people don't know where the money's going. We know where the money's going and we'll do anything we can to help. Well, and I think that's what these events the race the tournament that's how you get connected to that and you you know you see it it's not just you know making a donation if you can actually be out there and be part of those events and you're you know you you see that i think that's important too for sure i like how you tie all that in so it's it's a community effort also for sure after um we lost adam um i remember myself just having conversations um myself internally just saying why Mm -hmm. you know why did this have to happen why did he have to die why did he have to die this way and just why I just constantly I just could not I remember standing at the grave saying why and over time my why became a what Mm -hmm. you know what am I going to do with this pain if I, I can choose to let it sit and fester or I can do something and so I know with Paula and Haley and their whole family they're finding their what. Um, I'm sure they ask themselves why too. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But when your why becomes your what, your what becomes really powerful and you can be an agent for change. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, and I just from listening to both of you talk, um, when you talked about how it's not selfish and you talked about how a week prior he had said he wanted to live. I think those two things tie together so well because I'm sure he meant that and I'm sure he meant that all the way, you know, and that shows you how important it is that we're helping Mm -hmm. with the mental health awareness, because it's not a selfish thing. What is selfish is for us to believe that we know what was going on in that moment. That is the selfish part, because you know that you're loved and you've had great memories. And then that still, it seems like that that is the choice that is you know, that's heartbreaking. And I think that, you know, both of you guys talking about that is really important to kind of put a, a spotlight on because like I said, it's just, it's such a split, de- it's just a split decision um, in the moment decision where, you know, it has lasting consequences. And I don't think it's a selfish thing at all. It's something that you don't always have control over. I would say most of us never thought all the out of all the survivors that I've met, um, some of them knew that their loved one was struggling with mental health, but there's a lot of people that honestly were completely blindsided. But I've always said since this that everybody knows somebody, mm-hmm. even one person that's struggling. And if if you don't, if you really feel like I don't know anybody, 
I just always say, well, live a little bit longer. Yeah. And you will. Or look a little bit harder. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because I think the people who say it's a selfish decision, they haven't actually been affected by it in the way that other people have. You're not going from seeing someone one day happy and laughing and vital and then them not being there the next day. Like you, you can't understand that unless you have lived through that. And I haven't lived through it personally, but I've lived through it where, I mean, both of our children, our daughter's 20, our, do- our son is 16. They have both lost friends to suicide. So um, we've had, I've had multiple friends that have lost children. So it's something that we've been around. So once you're around it, you definitely start looking at it differently. So I think it's important that you guys are here to talk about that and help, like, like we say, and the stigma, but also just educate people that, you know, it's not something that you can always see you don't see it on the horizon. You might know that they're struggling, but there's not, we just have to talk about it more and have it be kind of out there and hope that, you know, that'll help someone like you said. And And just being able to listen sometimes like, and not always having something back to say, just sometimes people just need to talk and you just listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did have a, a comment on Facebook, Tina Hansen said, very informative, great hour of awareness and the stigma. Project 47 is great at organization. Please consider walking or running in the race to overcome race in October, which we will talk about more in the next segment. But we definitely wanted to make this one about, you know, talking about talking to survivors and giving your account and what this means to you and what we can do to, you know, to help going forward. So do you guys have any like last kind of comments or, you know, Anything else you want to say? Um, just kind of no. tying into what we were talking about. Uh, you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the last thing I ever thought I would go through or my daughter or my family. And uh, so, yeah, just being, you know, whether they're talking about it. Michael's talking about it. I mean, Michael had attempted. And um, but so I guess we had the signs, but then he was at a place where no, mom, I'm good. I'm good. He was happy. He was himself again. He like totally threw us off. And uh, I don't know if, I mean, we'll never know the whys. We'll never know if he had been planning it. We will never know. But my point is, is pay attention. I mean, again, listen, be a friend. Uh, If you suspect anything, go to somebody. I mean, whatever. And there's a lot of resources that haven't always been there and I think that's amazing but the mind is just like you can't take an x-ray and oh this is what's wrong let's do this and it'll be fixed it's not like a broken arm I mean so complex and uh not going to one doctor is going to solve it and possibly it might take going to two or three doctors or whatever it is or exercising or crocheting or whatever I mean Mm -hmm. just keep trying and uh you you do matter everybody matters and uh you 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 were wanted so Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah just be kind you don't know what somebody's going through so just be a kind human what are some of the resources that you guys kind of would recommend or have had experience with for someone who might be struggling are you familiar with kind of resources that are out there nothing was helpful for us yeah right (laughs) I mean I'm not dogging anything but I mean Michael just we just never found it for him but a lot of it too is it it was a different time too want to I don't think I Mm -hmm. mean you have to want it and I think that was part of it for him but um just keep trying um finding the right um therapist I mean sometimes I feel like you need to um your personality maybe needs to match with your therapist because 
even I've had a few that I haven't necessarily liked and just keep trying just like a doctor if you need a different therapist. And I feel like most therapists would agree to, you know, they, it's not like you're going to, because, you know, you're not going to hurt their feelings or whatever if it's just not a fit. So I think that's a one to kind of think about too. Like it's okay to, you know, to kind of move, find a different resource source if it's not working out for you. So, all right, well, we are going to wrap up this segment. Thank you guys so much for coming out and we'll see you guys on in October October. for the race. We'll be there too. So we'll definitely see you guys, but we appreciate you guys coming in and talking about Michael and your experience. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you.